Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, your smart speaker, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry. Day one of the draft is complete, and the shocker for most was that Will Levis is still out there to be had. The question is, now that he's considered a day two pick, probably, now that we're looking at the second round, does value actually change how he's viewed by certain teams? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can also listen to us on your smart speakers. Just say, hey, play ESPN Radio. (laughs) Harry, hear me out. When you start to get later in the draft, this is something you and I talked about last year uh, with Desmond Ritter, in fact, uh, with Malik Willis. When you talk about some of the guys that weren't taken in the first round, there's a difference between drafting a quarterback at the top of the first round, the middle of the first round. There's a difference between a team having a a chance at a guy and saying, yep, I'm going to take a chance on this guy. He's our franchise guy. That's a a buy-in. There's a difference between that and a mid-second rounder, mid-third rounder quarterback. At that point, you're acknowledging, hey, this guy has some traits. Maybe he can be developed, but there's not a ton of risk in this. So last year, I felt like Desmond Ritter was a great example of, man, at some point, the price is just so right, you got to take the guy, right? Like, why not take take a chance on that quarterback? Will Levis is now in that category by not being a first-round pick, which could be great for Will to go somewhere with less pressure. But also, now all of a sudden you have this, okay, if I'm just taking a chance on one of them, would I rather take a chance? If it's not a – I'm not taking a top-ten pick. If it's just a chance, would I rather take a chance on Hendon Hooker than Will Levis? I think some teams, now if you have them near equal on your board – I'm not sure that we can necessarily say Will Levis still stands above Hendon Hooker at this range with this value. Well, and that's the chess piece right now between these teams that are coming up in the second round. Uh, that's if any of these guys go in the second round. I hope they do, but then that's the, the another chess piece when you get to the third round. But the reason why you know these two guys weren't selected in the first round is because I think the lack of the it factor. And when you look at the top three guys in Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and also Anthony Richardson, they had that it factor. You look at the Georgia game that C.J. Stroud played in, and it clearly jumped off the tape. We've seen Bryce Young numerous, uh, uh, on numerous of occasions be that guy. Anthony Richardson, the upside, the wow, if, he's, if he hits his ceiling, he could be the best quarterback in this draft. Now, when you get to Will Levis, what's the it factor? When you get to Hendon Hooker, I think his it factor is not turning the football over, but you don't have the the clear-cut it factor when it comes to Hendon Hooker. So now you look at the teams that are picking in the second round that I think could possibly or potentially take a quarterback, the Los Angeles Rams at 36. Well, first, let me say 34, the Detroit Lions. Do they take a quarterback right there, or do they still believe strongly in Jared Goff? That's a chess piece for them. You look at the Los Angeles Rams at 36. They have Matthew Stafford, but Matthew Stafford isn't going to play football for a very, very long time or too much more. So do they take Hendon Hooker or do they take Will Levis? Now, the reason why I think Will Levis fits there is because of the offensive coordinator two years ago for Will Levis, Liam Cohen. He was involved with the Rams organization. So that's a player they would know inside out. Yeah, and and stick there for a second because if for some reason the Rams don't take him, like, like, look, there could be trades at the top of the second round. We don't know. Yep. But if we if there are no trades, and we're just going to pr- presume for a second, nobody moves up to take one of these quarterbacks. If the Rams, with the fifth pick in the second round, 
simply pass on Will Levis, would that not be an insane red flag for every other team? Because they know him better. Liam Cohen, who came on this show and talked to us about Will Levis, has he was, as you just mentioned, he was also on the staff uh, with Sean McVay and the Rams. Like it is as simple as when you when when you want to talk to people about prospects, you call your buddies. You've done that to get guys on this show. Like if Rand Carthon is looking at a wide receiver and for the Titans, and he knows that you know him, he's gonna call you and be like, "Hey, what do you think of this guy?" Right? Like that's part of the process. Sean McVay will have talked to Liam Cohen about Will Levis. If the Rams don't take Will Levis. I think for every other team in the league, you'd have to look around and say, okay, that that is a red flag. That is a reason for concern. Yes and no, because I think when it comes to the draft process, at that moment, like tonight, I don't think every other team is thinking about what, you know, the Rams are thinking about this quarterback at that spot. They're more so looking at it from a lens of, okay, can we take this guy at some point? Can he be valuable to our football team? Can he be our quarterback? Right? But to us, the outside people looking in, it's a red flag for us because he's been in that system and involved with somebody that's close to that organization. Hey, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry. Let me take this to a weird spot. And we, we haven't talked about this, and so maybe I'm just like throwing this out there and you'll hate it. I, I'm going to use the word disruptor. And by disruptor, I mean, I don't mean like a playmaker. I mean somebody that's like coming in and changing the psyche of everybody in some ways. Is it worth, if you're the Lions, you mentioned the Lions, you got Jared Goff. Right now, you're happy with Jared Goff. Is it worth the risk of bringing in a draft pick that you're just taking because they're a good value right now in Will Levis or Hendon Hooker to push a guy that doesn't necessarily need to be pushed? That Like, that's not your number one need. Now you're planting a seed of competition or doubt within your starting quarterback. You're creating all this controversy, like Geno the same way. Like, is it really worth that? For the Lions, no, and here's why. we got to remember the Rams in which they traded for Matthew Stafford sent Jared Goff to the Detroit Lions, basically telling him he wasn't good enough to get them to the point to where they can win a Super Bowl. So you gotta you gotta you gotta think about the mental that they probably had on Jared Goff. And it's obvious he felt some type of way about that as well. Now if you bring in, even though I, I am of the mindset like competition is competition. And sure. you, you if you're in that position, I don't feel like you should fold because they bring somebody else in. I don't think you want to disrupt the mental of your starting quarterback, especially coming off a solid year in which you ended beating Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers that stopped them from getting into the playoffs. Especially when you know next year's quarterback class is better. Like yes. next year's quarterback class in the Way draft better. is so much better that I'm looking around saying if I'm if I'm a team that has my guy, why waste a second round pick on somebody just to see if they can be the guy that could also create issues you don't need. That's all I'm saying. Like I understand you're right. The cream rises and you want the concept of like it doesn't really matter provide competition, uh, the guys will rise. But if you're Seattle, there are ways you there, can help your different. team right now. There's different. Seattle is different because when I look at what they do have in the second and third round, they have two picks in the second round. Mm. They have one in the third. Not to say that they have picks to waste, but going into this process, Geno Smith already had the mindset that they could potentially be drafting another quarterback, right? To sit beside, yeah. sit behind him yeah. and actually learn until that quarterback is ready to play. So the, the mindset and the seed has already been planted in a guy like Geno Smith, who has defeated the odds, right? I think Geno was a second-round pick when he first got drafted, yep, right? Second-round second pick, didn't pan out, went to Seattle, revitalized his career, got the new deal— but he knows from upper management that they, it was potentially they could draft a quarterback. 
It's interesting, too. You mentioned Seattle has two second-round picks. Uh, they have pick number six in this uh, round. They also have pick number 21. The Lions also have two second-round picks. Uh, I, I say that because what we do know, and Chris Mortensen, who's really been on top of what's going on with Will Levis, tweeted out earlier, uh, essentially saying, I don't know that it was the toe was the reason he wasn't taken higher. It's just part of the conversation. But he also said... There were a couple of teams that tried to get back into the first round, presumably for a quarterback. It should be intriguing near the top of the second round tonight. You start to look at it because when you look at the top of the the draft tonight, well, first pick in the draft uh, in the second round will be the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? So when you if you go up and down this list, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have uh, the Arizona Cardinals, you have the Detroit Lions, the Indianapolis Colts, like. None of the four of them are obvious candidates to need a quarterback, so they all become obvious candidates to trade down. Because I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking here at the Rams picking fifth in in the second round, the Seahawks at sixth, the Raiders at seven. Those are the only teams that look like at the top of the second that would be in the quarterback market. See, I think when I look at the Rams, the deficiencies that they had on the defensive side of the ball last year, even though they added people in free agency. I would think they will want those second-round picks to be used on defense or if they want to go one other player offensively. I just don't think the quarterback position, when I look at the Seahawks, they've done so well in the draft already, including last year and in free agency in my eyes, that they, and I hate using the term, they can play with some picks, they can potentially take a Will Levis and it might not hurt their team. Yeah, I, I, but I do think there's some strategy to that. Yes. Like like playing with some picks, no different than if you're a team that has a bunch of picks left, then what's it, you can package some of them together. Like any of these teams that are left with 10 or 11 picks, you're not going to find 10 or 11 more guys in this draft that are actually going to make your roster. So your best bet is to package some of that together and move around. What is interesting tonight is anytime we see a trade, People are going to freak out and say that it's all about Will Levis. I will remind you, Joey Porter Jr., somebody that we talked to Matt Miller about earlier, still sitting available. Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, still sitting available. There are big names that have been mocked for a long time to be first-round picks that are still sitting at the top of this. But guess what? The top three teams in the second round, they all need corners. Even though the Lions brought guys in free agency, you can never have too many of them. Yeah, well, in the in the modern NFL, yeah, the, absolutely. And you've got Joey Porter Jr. sitting right there uh, as the number one uh, corner available. And importantly, I think most people would say the grade between Joey Porter and Tyreek Stevens, currently the ESPN number uh, Stevenson, sorry, the the number two corner on the board. There's a huge gap, right? So this is when you start trading up. Uh, it, and and I like Tyreek Stevenson. He started his career at Georgia, then transferred to the University of Miami, but. He, he's a guy that can play the game at a high level, but I would take Joey Porter Jr. over him. Don't forget, if your check engine is li- engine light is on, you don't have to ignore it. Just stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Let their professional part people scan and diagnose the problem for free. They'll even help you find a repair shop if you need it. All you got to do is visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. You got to go out there and did it. do it. Did your team get it right or wrong last night? Harry and I will just... Break it down. We're going to be the ultimate Judge Judy in all of it. It's Fitz and Harry on your smart speakers. Just say, play ESPN Radio. The 2023 NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. The NFL Draft. Coverage of rounds two and three begin today at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. With the first pick. and Harry, the podcast. 
Is it a good take? That's good. Great. Or a hot take? How hot? Red hot. Find out now with Fitz and Harry. All right, y'all. Here's what we're going to do. Instead of just doing good take, hot take, now we do that all the time. All right? We're going to mix some things up around here. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. This is not good take, hot take. No! This is not the normal version. This is good pick, hot pick. All right? So what we're going to do is uh, Devin's going to play a team, and we're going to figure out if we liked their picks or we didn't like their picks. It's either a good pick or it's a hot pick in all the wrong ways, like hot in the ways you don't want, like... Hot in the ways you don't want. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Devin, cue up a team for us. Play. What's the first team on the board? With the sixth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Paris Johnson Jr., Ohio State. All right, Harry, I'll go first here on this one. Not only did I think Paris Johnson Jr. was a good pick, uh, they played chess with the board. Remember, Arizona was sitting at three. Arizona traded back, and then they traded back up with Detroit. They got ahead of the Raiders when they got wind that the Raiders were likely going to take Paris Johnson. We saw this theme a lot in the draft last night. If you know there's about to be a run on players, you'll move up to get in front of it. We saw it. I think Arizona absolutely chef's kiss to the way that they maneuvered the draft, picked up extra to equity to do this. I, I loved everything about Arizona's draft. Yeah, not only do I like the pick, I like what they got by moving back like you just alluded to Fitz the extra draft capital is key especially when you have a new general manager and also a new head coach so good pick also real quick uh, as we did several times last night the super anonymous big boy breakdown uh, we got a big boy to help us break down some of the big boys in the draft uh, absolutely loved Paris Johnson Jr. so our super anonymous big boy breakdown also supported that he deserved to be the first O-lineman off the board what's next up? with the 21st pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select Quinton Johnston, wide receiver, TCU. Ah, I'm not going to sit up here and say I'm extra excited for the pick, especially when, at, I don't know if it would be this year or at some point, they're going to get rid of Keenan Allen. So if you're going to get someone opposite of Mike Williams, I would think they would have to be like a bona fide route runner or a smaller type guy. Um, I think Quentin Johnson at times, he doesn't play to his size. He plays a little smaller than his size. So if you're going to get someone that plays a little small, get somebody that's smaller and can route DBs up left and right, hands down, no question. Uh, So I like this pick. But I'm going to say that it is a hot pick, not a good pick. And I'm with you. The, the biggest reason is all I keep thinking about is I was sitting at a table last night watching all of this go down with two guys that played wide receiver in the NFL. All right, Harry Douglas, Andrew Hawkins. And they both preferred Zay Flowers as their favorite wide receiver. That has to mean something to me. So the fact that Zay Flowers was still on the board, and I think Zay Flowers would also have been a great fit for the Chargers, and then they went Quentin Johnson instead, I think maybe this is a little bit, I mean, it's all it's all dealer's choice, but that to me really stood out. The fact that you guys reacted the way to Zay Flowers that you did. No, I agree with you. All right, let's go to the next team, Dev. With the fourth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select... Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. I mean, there's this. This, this is a good pick for me. Yeah. Because I like the offensive coordinator in Shane, I mean, excuse me, the head coach in Shane Steichen, who had Justin Herbert, who had Jalen Hurts. 
The offensive coordinator, Jim Bob, Bob Cooter, had Trevor Lawrence. So I think this is a good spot. Also, you look at you know his game, the QB run game. It can make up for a lot of deficiencies early on when you're trying to play a young guy. So I think this was a solid pick by the Colts. Yeah, I keep going back to what Jim Irsay said coming into the offseason. We will address the quarterback position. They had to take a quarterback. We know that. The two best quarterbacks in my mind in this year's draft were off the board in Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Now you have to make a decision. And they made a decision to go on upside and ability, and they did it with the coaching staff that I think is going to be pretty insulated. They do have the opportunity in Indianapolis to do it the way Buffalo does. Some markets have the benefit of patience because of the way their fans consume it, because of the way the media works in that city, because of the way we cover certain teams. It's tougher to be Zach Wilson with the Jets than it is to be some different situations. So Anthony Richardson well, I think get the time he needs to grow with Indianapolis. I think it's a great pick. I love, I loved it for Indianapolis. I loved it for him. All right, next up with the 12th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama. See, I, I like Jameer as a player, but if we're talking about where these players should go based on the draft process, I thought they could have picked him later in the draft. So. I do like the pick for the team. I don't like where they picked this player. So I'm going to go hot pick. I I agree with that. Uh, Everything you just said. And the fact that this is the thing that will continue. You had two choices. Uh, If you wanted to go running back, you had two choices. You were either going to go B. John Robinson or you're going to go Jameer Gibbs. What bothers me the most about it is I think they reached for Jameer Gibbs. If you were going to reach for a running back, why didn't you stay put at six and reach for B. John Robinson, who's clearly a higher-rated player by most of us, so I I hate to do this to to Lions fans. I just thought it was a, a I thought it was a hot pick. I didn't love it, Deb. With the twenty-third pick in the twenty twenty-three NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC. I think Jordan Addison's a good pick. I was surprised that quarterback wasn't on the board. I will go back to, you know, uh, Phil Mackey came back in his mock with us and said that they were going to go wide receiver. They needed a wide receiver, and they got a very good wide receiver in Jordan Addison, somebody I really, I, I was really high on coming into this draft, as you know. I think they got a great wide receiver. I was just a little surprised they didn't address quarterback, but nobody did that late. So, Well, one of the knocks on the Minnesota Vikings last year is when they played three quality opponents that were able to keep Justin Jefferson in control. No one else could really step up to the plate and feel that bill. Now you have a wide receiver in Jordan Addison. Who's going to get a lot of balls because of the double teams and probably the triple teams that Justin Jefferson is going to, you know, have his way. Also, TJ Hawkinson is a guy who's probably going to eat more as well because of Jordan Addison and just uh, uh, Jordan Addison. Uh, But I do love this pick. And Kevin O'Connell's offense, which is that Shanahan offense, those two guys are going to eat. I love your point, too, that he's going to have great coverages because of the stars they already have. Let's get one more in on good pick, hot pick. With the seventh pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Tyree Wilson, defensive end, Texas Tech. I'll be honest with y'all. I said yesterday on this show, I said no matter who they pick, I'm going to be a super fan. I said that. I said no matter who they pick, I was going to be a super fan. 
I did not expect to have the feels that I have today. I mean, I woke up with a, just a pep in my step I haven't felt since the draft when the Raiders selected Khalil Mack in the first round and Derek Carr in the second round. I am so stinking excited to watch this young man that is uh, this young, like, like this young mountain. I'm not even calling him a man. This young mountain come out and do what he's going to do with Max Crosby and then learn a little bit from Chandler Jones and take the job from Chandler. Oh, give me the disruptive pass rush I needed in my veins. Ah, I'm so excited. No, I like the pick. This okay. is this is a good pick. But can I ask you a question? When you lean when you lean back, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, why was the microphone on on your mouth like that? I I, I usually like I put my I put my face on. Okay, the mic. so so literally the term speaking to the mic, you're speaking into the mic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, you know, uh, there's there's very little space between my face and the mic all Excuse the time. Me. Very little space. I'm, I'm like, like, you know, that's the old, like, the, that's the singer, and like, you learn that you two fingers. Oh, Love Friday. That's how you two feel. Fingers. What? Oh, Love Friday. That's how you feel. Good thing we're not on TV right now. Otherwise, I'd probably get us all fired. All right. Uh, <laughs> did your team make a good pick or a hot pick? We'll get to you guys next. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Celebrate the good, lament the hot. Either way, we'll let you get in on the show. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel eighty. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The 2023 NFL Draft. So you ready for the draft? Let's get started. Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. The NFL Draft is officially open. The NFL Draft. Coverage of rounds two and three begin today at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. With the first pick. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Studio chairs are knocking. Uh, it, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm fading this one down quick because this is, this is yep. not the clean version. Don't get scared now. Yep. Don't get scared now, Dad. I thought about just leaving you out to dry as long as I could to see if your eyes would get a little <laughs> bit bigger there. Uh, it's Love Friday setting the mood. Uh, not everybody's feeling the mood, but some are. After last night, we're going to let you guys chime in. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. How do you feel about your favorite team's pick? Uh, we're going to let you guys chime in. Love day two draft reaction to what happened in night one. Corey in York. Corey, what do you got for us, man? What's your take? Hey, Fizzy. Hey, hey. Harry. Hello. Um, I'm down on the Jets. If you knew that you knew that the linemen were out, why reach at a guy and you have Rodgers there, why not draft a drop back maybe and draft another weapon for Rodgers like a tight end or a Jigba. Why not? All right, Corey, uh, the minute you said you were down on the Jets, Evan, producer extraordinaire, put his headphones on. Evan, are you passionate about this? You want to chime in on this one as the Jets fan? No, I mean, I'm down on the Jets, but A, they couldn't trade down. Todd McShay said they were trying the whole time. You can't just, like, it takes two to tango to make a trade. And, like, the, the issue was there was like their wide receiver room as much as i would have loved to see them take a wide receiver their wide receiver room is very crowded like they do have Corey davis they do have Nicole hardman who they signed they have alan lazard they have garrett wilson like i think it's crowded maybe a tight end there but like 
I think they're trying to do what the Eagles did last year in drafting to strengthen a position that's already a strength so that next year when Carl Lawson walks in free agency, they have his replacement immediately. We have we have gotten like put the Eagles on this pedestal for doing this. The Jets did the exact same thing. Well, I, I think a lot of people knew the Jets wanted offensive line. I, you can't help the fact that the board went the way the board went. And Field Yates echoed, by the way, all those sentiments last night during our show, that obviously the Jets were trying to move down. They couldn't. And I've said this for years as a Raiders fan. Like, sometimes the next day, it's, why didn't you move down? Why didn't you move down? Why didn't you move down? Which we've heard, you know, we've said today about the Lions, for example, with Jameer Gibbs. I think the difference with the Lions is they did move down. So, uh, knowing that they moved down, there's a question of what you select there. For the Jets, they must have had a value and they couldn't find that value. Well, also, when you don't have the draft capital to move up and take that offensive lineman that you probably won't, that also hurts the chances of you actually moving up. Yeah. Like you can't give away all your picks. You got to remember, they did give Green Bay, uh, what, what was it, a second round pick, Evan? Yeah. They gave Green Bay a second round pick. And they, so. and they swapped. And they swapped, yeah. So. And, and you have the capital. A lot of this is still the Cardinals' fault. I will say, nobody expected the Cardinals to move back up to six to take Paris Johnson, which started the run. One thing we saw last night, we see this every year in the draft. Where does the run start on a position? Because it's almost like somebody takes one, and that means everybody feels like that's what they have to do. We saw it with the wide receivers. At one point, we saw it with corners. It felt like we saw it early with offensive linemen. So uh, when, when the Cardinals moved ahead of the Raiders to get Paris Johnson Jr., that just sort of started everybody getting puckered. Up. So Darnell Wright goes, Peter Skaronsky goes. Now all of a sudden for the Jets, the question is if you don't love the fourth best offensive lineman, why you don't take him just because you need an offensive lineman. So I, I I hear you though. I understand why the context matters but to blame it. the Cardinals. They yeah. they threw the monkey wrench in, in, in the entire draft Which is what, when it came to offensive linemen, specifically for the Jets. Which is what made it fun for us to cover. Akeem in Delaware. Akeem, what do you got, man? Thanks for calling the show. Hey, how you doing? We're great. I was calling because I wanted to speak on my Ravens and how the draft just came to us, you know, with the, all the quarterbacks in the beginning of the draft. And then everybody wanted to take uh, linemen and stuff. And I just love how the draft came to us, considering we wanted more weapons for Lamar. Yesterday was just a good day, all around good day to be a Ravens fan. Um, so I just wanted to say they did a good job with um, some help from everybody else and the Ravens uh, nailing their draft pick. Now, thanks for the call. I would say this. If they didn't even pick Zay Flowers, if they had no first-round pick today, yesterday was a good damn day for mm-hmm. Ravens fans because you got your quarterback. So that means you have a chance in the AFC. Uh, and also, Akeem's right. Like, uh, we keep talking about you can't help when the run starts. Well, nobody could have projected, and we were stunned last night, that the first wide receiver didn't go to the 20th pick in the draft. Once you saw that run come, if you're Baltimore, you're like, man, I, uh, plenty of people would have thought that a wide receiver could have gone in the middle of the first round, but because that didn't happen, unlike the offensive line. It's like the exact opposite of the offensive line. And the Ravens got my favorite receiver in this draft. Yeah, this was, this was... I, I love that kid's game. A total home run for them. Let's go to Chris in Michigan. Chris, what you got? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, yeah. Hey, um, just got to defend my lines here real quick. Um, I think uh, the Jameer, Jameer Gibbs pick was a good one for, you know, anything you can bring in around Jared Goff and make his life easier is going to, you know, make Lions fans happy. So, I mean, I think it was shuffled up a little bit there with, um, you know, the um, – Bijan getting taken number eight, 
I, I don't think they thought he was going to get picked that early, so maybe that messed things up a little bit. Second thing, we just got to believe in Brad Holmes. You know, the guy hasn't missed. Just let him cook. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown, Malcolm Rodriguez, Aaron Rodgers' dad, Kirby Joseph, all been great picks. We just got to let the man do his thing. Yeah, and, and I, look, I don't actually disagree when you say you got to give him benefit of the doubt. We've said repeatedly, I, I don't think it's that these guys can't play. But even to your point that they were surprised where uh, where Bijan went. Why? I, how? how? Every single person on our show. And Bijan going eight and, and, to the Falcons. I mean, I'll quick humble brag on our good friend and really the MVP of our show every every year. Field Yates is a little bit, he's like a combo for us on the digital show of Shefty meets Mel, right? Like he knows all the prospects, but he's also literally, while we're on air, texting people around the league about what's about to happen. Field was convinced before the draft even started that Bijan to the Falcons is where we were going. League insiders knew Bijan to the Falcons is where this thing was going to go. That's why I, I, I think for the uh, for the Lions, if you needed a running back, like, did you get so much back in return to trade down that you really feel like it was worth taking a lesser player? Because uh, while Jameer Gibbs is very good, he's not Bijan Robinson to most people. So I, I think that's part of the critique on it. Uh, never critiquing a championship team because it's about each player being a perfect fit. Same with their vehicles. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors. Look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Motors. eBay guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There is one team to watch tonight. We'll tell you who it is next for the NFL Draft. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's Knows Pros. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This week on Fitz and Harry. Every time we play urban music, do I get up and give you my twerk? Do I twerk, Harry? Whoa, urban music and twerk. What? What do you have going on over there? What the hell is going on today? Things get a little weird over what? here in the studio. Are you not entertained? I mean, well, you shouldn't be twerking, period. Yeah, I don't have Let's a... put that out in the atmosphere. You shouldn't be twerking at all. Let's just be very real. I don't have the cheeks to clap. All right, so it's Fitz and Harry. <laughs> left, right, 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 left, right. If we get Game six, Clay. The next time these two teams play, I may come in here my birthday suit. I may come in here my damn birthday suit. Evan, don't be jealous. Here's the unique. Are we just skipping Harris saying he's coming to work naked if we get Game six, Clay? I said in my birthday suit. That's naked. naked. Well, how you know my birthday suit is that? You were born with clothes on. What's the matter? Jealous? There is nothing that can be said to me on social media than is worse. What sixth grade girls said to me. I knew I didn't need those sixth grade girls in my middle. Wow, wow. Your mom likes my middle. I'll be honest. Sometimes I don't realize how far off the rails we've gone until we hear the best stuff from the week. Great job by Evan and Devin putting that together. In the meantime, Harry's in studio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry doing some weird sensual grabby dance thing that I don't I don't know what it is. Cigars on ice. It's like, I don't know. He's looking for a ceiling fan. Flashing lights, flashing lights. I'm going to see Beyonce soon, man. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't know if you meant in concert or in person. I just didn't know if you rolled up and you're like, hey, babe. 
Well, I can't, I can't, I can't disrespect Jay Z like that, or my, nor my wife. Okay. Fitz. Yeah, that's that's fair. What are you no, doing? Uh, like, no, I thought maybe everybody sees everybody. Like, maybe it's just I. I was just implying you guys were going to hang out. Now, you, you your wife, and are we Jay-Z sober? Are we and, drunk? AKA okay. in love. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, well, you know, I didn't know that's where we we're going. to. Can we talk about the, surfboard graining on it, graining, graining on it? Here's the craziest thing about Harry Douglas. I think we can all attest to this. I've been sitting next to Harry since what at 10, 10 o'clock this morning. At ten o'clock this morning, my guy, uh, we were having a little team breakfast, right? We're all sitting in the cafeteria. I ordered, you know, for example, an egg white omelet with some veggies and a side of avocado because I was letting myself go a little bit, a little, little sort of treat day, have a little, little avocado on that thing, right? Like, uh, so you know, I'm just, I'm letting myself go. I look over at at Harry. HD's got his egg scramble soft, always soft, uh, with like, what, three pieces of bacon? Four, six pieces of bacon. Six pieces of bacon and hash browns and a bagel. Uh, and then, you know, he makes it through that. That's 10 o'clock, 10.30-ish. We're done with that. About 11.15, he comes into the studio. He's like, I'm hungry, man. I'm going to order a pizza. So he ordered a pizza from the cafeteria. That was like a personal size. It's bigger than like a tiny personal pizza, but it's like, let's say, the equivalent of a normal chain restaurant small pizza, which he housed while he sat next to me. And then uh, during that process, also had two extra sweet, unsweet teas with breakfast. And, and an then, orange juice. And then and an orange juice. But added another extra sweet, unsweet tea, or extra sweet tea, I should say, uh, while he was sitting here to go with his Sprite, and now he's eating some Welch's fruit snacks. Like, you have had more sugar since 10 a.m. than like a 350-pound fat kid that found the bottom of a barrel of Oreos. Like, I forget the Rice Krispie Treat. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, hey, guys, got a Rice Krispie Treat. Yet you could still go out and play. Like, how is this humanly possible? What, 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 what the what, thing what? is is that I, I serve an, an, an amazing God. And he's going to look out for his children. Okay. And if anyone is against me, I know he's not. So he's going to always look after his children, especially when you're faithful towards his word. You know what? I, I'm going to say something I never thought I'd say before. I believe now, like whatever <laughs> church you're going to, I am sitting right next to you because I'm over here. Like I, this, We got done last night. It was close to one o'clock by the time oh, all yeah. of us got back. I had to go get trap. food. Uh, I, no, I did not. I'm not eating that late. My got my body's a uh, my body's a, a, a you know a vessel here. Fried I, shrimp, French okay. fries, ranch, mozzarella sticks, Caesar salad. I, I ate that all in my bed before I went to I, sleep. I didn't want to feel fat on our digital show, so I got myself a Quest bar, and that was the only food I allowed. My that was my dinner last night. It was one of those Quest protein bars. So I got up this morning on about four hours sleep. Went to Orange Theory, and I walk in, and everybody's like, "Why are you here?" I'm like, "I want to feel good about myself. Today's a long, good day." I went in and did like an hour hoss of a workout where I burnt, you know, 900 calories. And then I came home and I was like, well, I can't eat anything extra because we're having a team breakfast, but it did make my protein shakes to drink during the day. Like this is what I'm doing over here. And my abs are still like, hell no, we won't go. And then in the meantime, you're over here just, just pounding on, like you're eating like Santa Claus on a bender and you still look like an Adonis. How is this possible? I think you need to build your faith and have it be stronger. Okay. Um, so the Lord can bless you as well. Okay, but you know what? <laughs> no time like the present. I'm all in on that. <laughs> you, you give me whichever book I need to start reading to get this. Because like, if there's a book gives me abs, I'm all. Devin, you've watched this. Tell me, I'm, I'm, I've, have I lost my mind here? I looked it up. Like the the healthy daily allotment for <laughs> for an adult of sugar <laughs> consumption is like 30 grams of sugar. Just in one of those extra sweet sweet teas is 
over 60 grams of sugar. He's had three of them, plus the Rice Krispie Treat, plus the orange juice. You're probably going to have more throughout the day. Oh, no question. It's as, soon as, as soon as we get done, I, me and Fitz got to take pictures. I'm going to get some more food, and then before we do our show tonight, I'm going to eat again. Yeah, like I'm sitting here debating whether or not I just want to be a naughty boy and get myself like something from the calf before the show just to like feel all you know proper about myself. Like, And, and that naughty boy thing will probably be like, do I get myself, I don't know, little side. So this is an issue that Roddy White, when I played with the Falcons and Julio Jones used to have with me because when we had our break time to eat lunch, the times that I didn't eat in the cafeteria, I would go get like Taco Bell and Burger King and McDonald's and fried chicken and I would eat it before we go out on the football field for practice. And they would just look at me and discuss and like, we could never. So we your, could never. Your cholesterol levels, everything good? Everything, everything's, everything's fine. Clean? Everything's fine, man. Everything's Genetics, fine. Man. Uh, everything's not fine for Jim Mersey. Uh, Jim I don't, Mersey. I don't need any of those pills to get right either. I'm just You're letting that live there. I'm just, come in chewable now, blue chew. Uh, blue chew. Uh, <laughs> Evan, are you a blue demon guy? Blue demon? I mean, <laughs> what is that? <sighs> I'm just saying they come in chewable. I, uh, welcome to the last Vitamins, scenario. obviously. Uh, Jim Ursay has tweeted out, Colts fans, would you take Will Levis at number two if you're on the board for the Colts in four hours from now and go Montana Young for the franchise? Uh, interesting concept. If you're the Colts? Yeah, that, that's Jim Ursay, the, the owner of the Colts, asking fans if they would want that to be their... Tell oh. Jim Ursay to go sit his ass down somewhere. Well, I think the most surprising part about, he this, about? this entire thing, he's, he's just stirring it up. The problem is the Colts don't pick two. He said, would you take Will Levis at number two? Maybe he means quarterback number two. Like, would you take him to be the second quarterback? I'm going to try and give him benefit of the doubt because, uh, remember... They have Gardner Minshew. What is Jim Ursay doing? Uh, he's partying the way I want to party, I'm sure, and having a good no time. No more vitamins for him. No more Blue Demon vitamins for Jim Ursay. No vitamins. more. vitamins, all right. Uh, uh, in the meantime, I said this last night. I'll say it again tonight. Uh, we are going to be back at 7 o'clock Eastern. Harry Douglas, Harry Lyles, Andrew Hawkins, Spencer Hall, Field Yates, and myself for every single pick of the draft tonight on digital. You can also listen to every single pick on ESPN Radio with Canty and Carlin. You don't want to miss it. We've got the draft covered absolutely everywhere. It is an honor to get to spend that time with you guys guys every single year in the draft we can't thank you enough for all of you that listen now go listen to candy and carlin have a great weekend y'all you've been listening to the fitz and harry podcast you can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to three eastern on espn radio and you can watch on the espn app